Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. From the land of the lakes, beautiful Minnesota, welcome to the Soda Pod. You should join me here alongside the state of Hoppy, and thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. Hoppy, how's your beautiful day going? The sun is shining. It's gorgeous out. It is gorgeous out. I made the mistake of uh, handling post-beer dabbler festivities the worst way possible, because I'm actually fine, but... I decided to physically exert myself most of the day. I cleaned shit off of the roof, took the dog for a walk, and my body is just in shambles right now. Damn. I could absolutely resume drinking beer, but I'm like, this seems like a really bad idea. I'm going to not do that. So you're a little sore right now is is what you're saying. Very sore. Okay, so I want to tell every listener right now, that was all a crock of shit. Hoppy and I wrestled last night, and I kicked his ass, and that's why he's sore. So just want to put that out there. Yeah, that's mostly why. That's what happened. (laughs) Apparently my, apparently my gloves were on the roof of Hannah's car somehow. I don't know how they got up there. My phone was outside. So yeah, there you go. Thanks, Hannah, for uh, <laughs> for retrieving those when you went and got his pizza last night. I love how before, then this is hilarious. And if Joe's listening to this, he'll, he'll have a chuckle. But uh, basically, I told Hannah because she was driving, uh, my, my other roommate. She was our designated driver last night. I told her, you know, for being the designated designated driver after Beer Dabbler, like, we'll take you out for dinner or dinner on us. <laughs> she ended up going picking us pizza and babysitting us drunk idiots. But <laughs> so I extended the offer today. <laughs> there you go. Oh man. But yes, beer dabbler. That was a hell of an experience, man. Holy shit. I've heard amazing things. I've seen the promo videos. I got to experience it. And I feel like now I'm like, I'm I'm taking steps forward into becoming a true Minnesotan. Long ways to go, but yes, progress has been made. Yeah. That was a big one. That was a big one. And you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't cold at all. Now I know the weather was nice. It was sunny, but you know, as the sun set, I saw some people shivering, some people, you know, leaving cause they just, they were done after three hours of drinking, man. It was a, it was, a, it's been a beautiful weekend here in Minnesota. And I feel like everybody who was part of the dabbler and who helped put on the event, they were probably just so blessed that post snowstorm, they got the sun for this weekend. Yeah. I mean, couldn't have asked for better weather for the event. Like really? And I mean, you still saw though firsthand, like just the amount of traffic and the sun being up, like the place was an absolute puddle, but oh yeah, there were half the people that attended. So yeah, it was a good thing. I, uh, I put like a waterproof, like wax seal on my blundstones a few days ago and it was, it was good timing. It was good timing. I, I, I was, <laughs> I'm not going to say, sit here and say that like that was pre-planning for the dabbler. It was just one of those coincidences. Where I was like, I should probably just, you know, I should probably just wax these up. And then I was like, Oh yeah, that was a good idea. Yesterday has <laughs> literally, you said it puddle everywhere, but uh, yeah, man, wh- where should we start with this? I mean, there's so many breweries to shout out. There's so many like little anecdotes from yesterday, but like, where, where do you want to start? I mean, endless shout outs, but I mean, just, compared to what you've been told like we've already promoted this now twice with jordan like you've you've heard what i've said you've heard what joe said like how did this compare to expectation first i'd like to propose a toast to umd goaltender alex stalak to stalak 
I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. You're all hopped out? Um, I, it, it honestly, it blew my expectations out of the water. Like, it was awesome. Now, I, I, I had high expectations going in, um, but as soon as... Honestly, as soon as Bat Channel started to get the party going, like when the, the general admission came in, that's what it took it to another level. Like we went the early access and it was good. And in that first hour, I was very much focused on the beer versus the party. As soon as like the whole place filled up, I had my good, you know, hour and a half of like targeting the boost to try like the beers I wanted to try. Then it just became just keep that glass filled and go and hang out with all the homies and, and everybody who we met. And so that was so much fun. Um and yeah man that was just it like i didn't expect the party to be as bumping as it was and the fact that it wasn't like miserable weather i think just made it so much better now if if it was like basically if it was uh like storming like it was earlier this week or it was snowing or just like overcast over maybe that would have literally and figuratively dampened my expectations a little bit but this was just perfect that like i didn't want to leave when they were saying no no more beer it's over can't go to the food truck shooing us all out of the grounds i was like no one more beer <laughs> man but that, that's a good point though to bring up to anyone that hasn't done the dabbler or maybe has done it on other occasions but has never gotten the early access i am uh we'll say frugal like i don't like to spend money unnecessarily but i can't vouch more for paying for the early access because just what you said isha like some of the lines get outrageously long. Some of the event just turns into more of a party once yeah. general admission hits than it is like finding the beer. And for me, like it was so nice for like my wife and I to bounce around, like find the breweries that we really wanted to make sure we could try first. There were some beers that she was really interested in. Like we got our base going. And then from there it was just like, yeah, I don't really care where I go. We're just here for the party. Exactly. Just fill up my glass. You know, we're close to this one. We haven't tried this one line short. All right, let's go. Yes. The short line um, game is definitely the win. I even became a brewery thesis. They never showed. <laughs> <laughs> I tagged them. Uh, I tagged them. Laura posted a picture on Facebook and I tagged them like, I am thesis brewing. <laughs> I am. Thesis I had that, that sign lasted a lot longer than I thought. I thought like yeah. within like five minutes, the thing would have fallen off. No, I would look down like <laughs> every, every now and then and be like, oh yeah, I'm still thesis brewing. And the amount of people, and I should have known this. I just was, I just thought it was funny. I'm going to slap it on my chest. Here. The amount of people who came up to me, oh, thesis. And just started going off. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh man so i didn't get to try thesis brewing project and i'm a little a little bummed on that you know they were they were one of the breweries i was hoping to see but i got the sign i got i got the sign there you go yeah i mean it, there were a lot of breweries again like too many to possibly shout them all out but i think it it goes without saying that back channel definitely set the tone for everyone oh, yeah. that was there um they were slanging i mean a, a lot of breweries brought some merch but like pack channel had like a whole separate booth for merch and they were slanging that shit left right and center so props to them man yeah no kidding so what and, was one of your uh what, what was one of your favorite beers that like surprised you like do, do you have a memorable one of just going to a random tent and being like oh this is actually a lot better than i thought like going there like we were saying standing in standing around sipping beer going and being identifying like oh there's a short line we're here anyways Let, let's fill up the Let's fill up our next one here. Was there one of those ones that you, not that you didn't have expectations, but just kind of randomly surprised you? Um, It's less about expectations and more that I'm not a sour drinker, as you know. Yeah. 
but both the can art and the beer itself were fantastic from modest it was called uh i think it's like yummers okay but that one like very pleasantly surprised me like that was a really good sour and again like i'm not a sour guy also uh over by the different uh people promoting and selling some of their like thc tinctures was the fucking mystery machine that had like smoke coming out that was so funny that's too good i couldn't that that was better than any of the the tents that we visited that was just so funny that was awesome. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, those are, uh, there was one that was actually the coolest beer name that we came across. Um, and I'm trying to even remember who it was. I believe it was Fair State, but I could be corrected. Um, but it was called Lobster Stuffed with Tacos. <laughs> and it was just a barrel aged stout. Like it was good. I enjoyed it. But yeah. Like just the the beer name, like immediately, I'm like, oh, I don't know what this is, but I have to try it. Um, That's awesome, man. They had the 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 snowmobile track going. I don't know, man. They're a lot of good stuff. Um, the snowmobile tricks was was nuts, especially like the one one guy bailed, and he like with with so I've never seen someone bail uh, a snowmobile jump. And like bail with such grace, like just like let that let that snowmobile go in the air, soft landing, hopped right on the, hopped right back on the bitch and kept going. Yeah, um, but yeah, aside from thesis, which I know is a, a great endeavor, uh, my favorite beer, which isn't a huge shock by any means, but Barrel of Monkeys at Back Channel was so, so good, goddamn good. So like I, good. I liked, I liked that notedly more than Sparky, and I thought Sparky was gonna be my guy. Yeah, I think, I think so too. I think so too. Um, there was a couple other barrel age. I, I tried a lot of them like early, which Joe yeah. was like, I don't know if that's a good idea, but I was like, I don't want to have them later. I'd rather just drink the lighter beer. So I started heavier and then just got lighter as the night went. Um, which I again not hurting too much this morning so i think that was the right move um there was this one that was basically syrup like having a little taster of it was was enough because it was a uh like a maple barrel age imperial but it was so sweet like too much to have anything more than just a sampler but really well done um for the life of me i can't remember the name of the brewery it was one of, it was just it was a really random one that like so i just went up to the fill my glass and i was like oh 16% barrel aged maple. Okay, let's try this. Let's try uh, this. That uh, one's really good. Uh, was it the blueberry maple? No, but I did okay. try that one. Okay. <laughs> oh, and the only the only cider I tried there, there's a few sour or a cider um tents as well, was a blueberry pancake. And they had also a blueberry muffin. Or sorry, maybe it was just a blueberry muffin. Blueberry pancake was probably somewhere else. Blueberry maple pancake. But they had a blueberry muffin cider. And again, I would never like buy this, but it was so accurate to like uh you know, a shout out back home, like a Tim Hortons blueberry muffin. It was, I was, I was blown away. And I even, I was like, Joe, try this. And he was like, that's crazy. So that was, that was just a cool one that was memorable. But my, I think my favorite hazy IPA that I tried at the entire event, shout out, uh, beer d'etat. There was one of their hazy IPAs that they had there. It was the best one I had at the entire event. Sorry about that. Um, that was the best one. That was, they had a hazy IPA there that blew my mind. Um, best hazy ipa i tried at at the dabbler uh over the weekend so shout out to them they i didn't try anything else from them i probably should have because that one was just like surprisingly like eyebrow raised i was like yo joe i think i even gave some to hannah i was like you gotta try this this is unbelievable and they were even like well like where what brewery is this so um so yeah shout out to them that one was a, a a good surprise 
Very nice. Anything else, like anything big? I mean, obviously, shout out to all of our friends that we saw there. You know, Waconia, Lupulin, Loose Line, Back Channel, Drecker, Modest, Bent Paddle, Castle Mankato. Danger, Mankato, like made the rounds with everybody. Uda Pills, but Uda Pills, yep. Any anything besides the uh, obligatory shout outs, like anything big that you feel like just goes well to shine on the event as a whole to encourage people to go in the future. I think the vibes there were so much, so much better than if you just go to a tap room or like a bigger tap room and hang out or go to a bar. It was like our people, you know, not just, not just the overly hipsters, but those who really appreciate the beer, who really appreciate good vibes, good people. And just, I think that was it. Just it felt like a great community gathering. It was almost like everybody there knew each other. Like strangers were hugging. Hoppy was grinding up on everybody. Uh, I was getting in people's, you know, pictures and videos. Whenever I took my camera out, no joke, someone would come up right up to me and be like, Beer Dabber, let's go, baby. And it wasn't like some junk idiots. They'd just be like, I love this event. Here's my friend or whatever. We came here. We loved it. And like it was un- I didn't ask him a thing. I would just have the camera out. And it was just like everyone was just having such a good time. You could tell that everybody looks forward to this event every single year. And I think that was the biggest takeaway. It was just a big old community gathering with uh, like-minded people who like good vibes and, uh, and like good beer. Love it. Yeah. Can't wait for the pride and summer dabbler. I'm sure, I'm sure the pride one, they put on a hell of a party as well. Oh, I can only imagine. I haven't gone yet. Yeah. I've been, I went to a big pride, like a pride day in Calgary and that was the biggest party i think i've ever gone to like an outdoor event party so i'm 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 seeing if dabbler can uh can top that which after this experience i think they probably can <laughs> we'll see we'll see all right well if if that puts a cherry on top uh let's kick it over here on the other side we've got our boy seth topal been way too long since we've had him on to uh again address the state of the union for the minnesota wild as well as a little final primer here as we approach the nhl trade deadline this friday i think it's at what two or three o'clock yes yeah all right kick it over do you love sports Do you think you know more about sports than all of your friends? Do you like getting things for free? If you're still with me, you need better edge in your life. Legal sports betting in Minnesota and a free, that's right, free $20 sign-up bonus, no deposit required. Go to your browser right now. Type in betteredge.com slash sodapod. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge, E-D-G-E dot com slash SOTAPOD, S-O-T-A-P-O-D to claim your $20 today. All right, as promised, we have man, myth, legend, uh, beer crusher, since there's no Jose Cuervo on hand. Seth Topol, which is, I know, the main reason that Isha did not want to introduce you. Seth, what's going on, man? That was the reason. (laughs) What's up, fellas? How's it going? Good, man. Good. It's good to see you again. It is good to just be in your your presence. 
just to be in the presence of the aura, the mystique that is the soda pod. It is great to be back. Describe I gotta say, beard. I'm a little disappointed your beard's not thicker at this point. No, you know, I um I pulled it back a little bit, but it has uh it has grown in a little it, it it's grown in since the damage that I did. So it looks better, but yeah, it was uh it got paired back quite a bit. Um last time. Everybody go to go to manscape manscaped.com, use promo code Seth Topo. off of your starter beard kit there you go there you go no i was gonna say it looks it looks fresh it looks nice and trimmed and fresh uh for those who don't know who don't follow seth on youtube with his locked on wild or follow him on twitter i mean the i mean you said we have a mystique here the mystique and uh, of your beard i say out you know, out mystiques the soda pod horror <laughs> we have here for sure. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, I mean, go check out Seth's YouTube channel and uh, find him on Twitter and you'll know what we're talking about. It's like, he's, got the, he's, got the, he's got the playoff. Uh, he's got the playoff beard and the wild might not even make the playoffs. Well, on the, ooh, the funny thing is that, you know, it grows. So like you'll see an episode where it just is insanely long and then all of a sudden it's way back. It's just, it's amazing to follow like how a beard grows naturally just by watching video, just by watching me do videos. That is true. That is true. For how much hair that I like that I have, I could never grow like a good beard. I don't know. I just, I got, I get like the week or two stage or probably week two, week three. And I just can't handle that. Like, just how itchy it is in that stage. And I just felt like it's so uneven. And I'm just like, yeah, fuck this. And I oh, I like I, I I have every intention to do it. And then I just get so uncomfortable with it, how it looks, how it feels, everything like three weeks in, and I'm just like I always bitch out. I'm confused though. Like my itchy phase is like a couple days in, and a couple days for you is like weeks for me. So how is like week two and three the itchy phase? It's kind of that when it's when it's about like mid size, and it's it's my it's, it disrupts my sleep. That's the thing where I cannot lay on a pillow on my side with like that length. He just of, suffocates himself with his facial hair, dude. I it's it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. It's like I I, need, I I barely get any sleep anyways, and I can't be tossing and turning because of a fucking prickly beard slash suffocating. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah and, and all my friends say it. they're like you're persian you never grew out like the stereotypical looking middle eastern beard like we want to see it and i was like no you're never gonna see it. maybe when i'm an old man someday i'll just give in but no not yeah, go, go like you'll just get to a point where you just fully commit and you'll never look back i'll get to a point where the beard dabbler will 100 percent check my bag when i go uh, into <laughs> events <laughs> Jesus Christ. Joe was like, I can't believe they didn't check your bag. I'm like, what are you trying to say? And he's like, well, come on. You you thought of it too. I was like, what are you trying to say, Joe? <laughs> oh, man. The Central is a fucking roller coaster. No one can make any sense of it. Seth, we're going to kick off with you, though. Like, who are the Minnesota Wild at this point? We have not even a week until the trade deadline. Is Billy Garen buying, selling both? I'll put it this way. I got a couple, I got a couple things for you. So look at what the top of the division has done recently. Uh, in fact, in 2023, the Dallas Stars are eight, seven, and six. <laughs> the Winnipeg Jets are 12 and 11. And so your playoff picture now has 
the Stars, the Wild in the two spot, the Avalanche in the three spot. Winnipeg is down to the first wild card spot, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if Dallas ends up out of the top spot here within the next week or two. Those two teams just are, they're taking on water. And for as bad of a start as it was for the, the wild this season and for as rough as it's been um, throughout the year for scoring, they have a penalty kill and a power play that are in the top 10. They have the second best statistical goalie in the NHL and Philip Gustafson. Everything they didn't have last year, they have this year. They just need a little help in the scoring department. And even a week ago, I would have said, yeah, it probably doesn't make sense to, to go out and get something, but this is as close as the wild have been to the top of the standings all season. If you don't buy this year, when are you going to the West is wide open. The East is going to be a monster, but the East was a monster coming into this year. That's nothing new. And so if you don't buy this year, when are you going to? That's my question. Interesting. Okay. Isha, curious from your perspective, because I agree with everything that Seth's saying there where like it's wide fucking open and that's not just the central. It's the entire West, right? Not yes. a single team. I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll have to check and see if the, the metrics still stack up today, but a couple days ago, the best team in the West wouldn't even be beyond a wild card in the East. Like it's bonkers, but Regardless of where we finish the year, I don't care if it's a wild card, one in the central. Isha, do you think that there are any of those teams that the Wild even match up favorably with? Man, it's I don't, and that's the thing. And it's like I, I don't want to I don't want to put like I don't want to answer that question just based off what we've been seeing as of late from some of these other teams like Dallas who've been plummeting the Jets who've been plummeting. I mean, Colorado Avalanche on the positive side, they've been killing it lately. Seven, one, and two, and they're on a five-fight win streak. That is not positive. Seven, one, and two uh, in the last 10 games. Five, uh, yeah, five-game win streak for the Avs right now. Like, I mean, not positive for the Wild, but on a, in a positive lens there. Other than that, I mean, the Stars, like you said, plummeting, the Jets plummeting. But when it comes down to playoff hockey, I just don't, I just don't see the wild matching up against them. Do they win a game or two? Maybe. Does Gustafson bail them out? Does Kaprizov score the only goals in the game? Yeah. Wait, wait. I, does Gustafson start? I, I think the that the wild would be absolutely insane if he continues to have the run that he's had this season and the end of the season, anyways, to, to not start him. I mean, it would have been insane to start Flurry in game one last year. I would say this year there's more of a I mean, yes, but I I think it's different this year because why though? Because this year we have a essentially like for all intents and purposes, a rookie, right? Like this guy has never had a full season. He's never carried the bag. Like this could be a total flash in the pan. Like we don't know. It could, but what the fuck does, what the fuck has flurry done for the wild in, in the playoffs? Nothing. So it's like, why don't you go with the positive guy? You know? And again, that's probably not going to happen. We've seen, you know, history, showed show that it's probably gonna be flurry the veteran the guy that billy garen trusts the guy who's been there before two stanley cups not a big deal but i don't think it's the right move especially again it, we still have we still have like a month uh we still have over a month until they have to make that decision so it's if gustin continues to be the goalie that he is right now going into the playoffs then yeah they, they have to go with him you see how i spun that seth now he's saying flurry's probably the starter 
<laughs> I don't want him to be. I don't think he should be. I think the Wild are crazy if they if they do give him that. Again, if Gustafson continues to play like he's playing right now, because you, this could be a flash in the pan just for these, these last two months. Like in two weeks, he could just again like sink right so who knows but again if we're looking at the playoffs started let's say this week Gustafson is the goalie no ifs ands or buts yeah and it's it is interesting because you look at what happens with the team in front of either goalie it just seems like Gustafson is able to handle more easily any sort of breakdowns that happen in front of him whether it be bad defense turnovers by the forwards at the top of the zone he seems more apt to handle that stuff. Whereas if it happens in front of flurry and it's not that it's a hundred percent, his fault, it just feels like the breakdowns that happen in front of flurry are more likely to lead to goals than they are in front of Gustafson. Yeah. And I mean, I very much agree. And I think it goes a step even further than that. It's why we saw the team struggle so much defensively earlier this year. I don't care what the pedigree is. I don't care like what kind of resume he's put together. It is just a fact that it is more difficult to play defense in front of Marc-Andre Fleury than it is in front of 90% of NHL goalies. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's the, the confidence piece of it, right? Like when Fleury came in fresh off the boat from Chicago, like, yes, like the team was buzzing. They were excited. They have this legend coming in and totally, you know, just expanding what they'd already done by removing Parisian suitor to really solidify a locker room. But if you have faith in Gustafson, is he, if he's doing the right things, it's just gotta be so much easier and so much less stressful for these yeah, guys yeah. to cover in front of him. He just doesn't, he doesn't seem to mind icing the puck ever or controlling a rebound. Whereas at times it feels like flurry is allergic to both of those things. <laughs> Fleur will only do it if the net's empty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fleur, Fleury's going to flurry, man. The guy marches to the beat of his own drum. And it's worked out quite a bit in his career, but uh, it's clearly not working out this season with him in the wild. I mean, I do think that some of it gets overblown, too. Like, oh, sure. Like, yeah, there's absolutely. a lot of goals that aren't his fault. There's just also quite a few that that are. Right. Yeah, it's not like he single-handedly is sinking this ship. You know, he's just not part of the solution right now. The offensive struggles just they magnify everything. Ugh. If you have a game where you are incapable of scoring at five on five and you give up one or two goals, yeah, you're gonna say, Well, if Flurry would have only made this save or that save, whereas just look at the offense and say, if we could get a goal, then maybe you wouldn't have your goalies going into every game under the assumption that if they give up more than one, they're probably going to lose two goals today. As we record this on Sunday against Columbus and we had 42 shots at that point, like boys, it, it it's Columbus. Like <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but it's crazy too. Cause it's polar opposite of, uh, I was talking to a buddy at work about uh, he's a big Oilers fan. And he like asked what I thought about them picking up Jack Campbell and stuff. I'm like, do you think that Jack Campbell can keep them to three or less goals in most games? If the answer is yes, then you're thrilled because guess what? Edmonton's going to win the majority of games where the other team scores three or less. Like that's just a fact. And the wild it's like, well, can we score three goals? If so, we're confident that we can win. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, that's it, a good it point. Much man. Jake's Caprizov scoring all three as we've seen. Yeah. It's true. 
and that's that's concerning. And again, like we talked about this on the last episode too. Like, I want to show some love to Erickson Eck too, who's having a career high in points. He's gonna have a career high in goals as well. Like he's he's picking up some of the slack, but he's not supposed to be that guy. He's not supposed to be the secondary goal scorer on this team. It's it's sweet to see that his you know individual stats are, are looking good this year, but at the end of the day. He needs to be that third line shutdown guy who can provide secondary third scoring. You know, not not the guy secondary who, like, third, secondary or tertiary, tertiary. Thank you. I had no idea what the word was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that that's a good point, though, Ishan. Uh, one thing that I really wanted to prod you on, Seth. What the fuck happens with this middle six? Like we we know what the fourth line is, barring like maybe one guy being flipped for a guy that's you know sitting in the press box. We Where know is Reeves going to go is. at the trade deadline. By the way, <laughs> we know what the first line is. Vancouver, middle six, Vancouver. It is a cluster. Like nothing has really seemed to click. Nothing works. The grief line isn't the grief line anymore. Like. What do you make of it, and what do you think the solution is, whether internal or external? It's honestly, you look at, and I think Boldy and Erickson Eck actually work decent together. But you put Felino on that line, it just doesn't work. He can't drive offense, and you don't need you don't need it necessarily to be a burner like Sammy Walker is. He, I mean, he looked great with Boldy. Adam Beckman has looked fine with those two. You just need somebody that can drive the offense with those guys. That's never really been Felino's thing. And I'll go to bat for my guy, even though he is not supposed to really be one of the offensive juggernauts on this team, Brandon Duhame. But just, I mean, the guy works his ass off yeah. every game. And that is something that even if you're less talented than other players on the ice, that's something that's going to win you battles. There are plenty of other guys that are bottom six or middle six that are not doing at bare minimum that, which I think is why Duhame has looked so much better than his line mates out there at times. And I don't know, ultimately, if he ends up being, I still think he's more of a defensive middle six guy, like a third liner, I think it is probably more of his comfort zone. But just somebody that will work for the puck and will play with a little speed, whether that ends up being Beckman or Walker or bringing somebody else in. I think it's vital because the, the signs of life we've seen from Boldy and Erickson Eck have been when they have somebody that can do that when they don't, that line is just a clomp. Yeah. Well, and he's got just enough sicko to his game too. Like not to the point, like he's not fucking Brad Marchand, but like he, (laughs) he's definitely got some wires that'll cross occasionally, but I, I got to imagine we're all on the same page here, at least within the three of us. Duhame has graduated from fourth line. Like he, Oh yeah. Especially given his contract status being up at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. I think playing him on the fourth line at all the rest of the way means that he's gonzo. Yeah. And he can like, cause he he's talented enough to handle those big minutes now too. And he's shown that he actually like, he excels with that opportunity. Well, he just he just plays with such a high motor and that I game in it. Nashville, uh, that game against the Predators, I was floored by the number of times that he just simply was the first guy to the puck on in front of the side. net, too. Yeah, he, you know, the puck's the bouncing off his shoulders and things. He's getting in the dirty areas. He's getting in those 
He's getting those scoring chances just doing what he does, not making those sweet plays coming up the wing, dangling. No, he's in the right areas. He's battling for position, and he's getting rewarded offensively as a result. Yep. And I, I know multiple now, Seth, I believe, he, he is a recurring guest of Locked On Wild, is he not, Ooh. Adam Beckman? He yes. is a guy that I, I agree with you. He It's not like he's come in and wowed us, but he's shown that he belongs. Like he, mm. He's not an outcast when it comes to fitting in with this lineup and like do we see a move here where someone in that middle six gets traded just for futures so that he can play because right now the only reason he's sent down is because they don't have anyone else they can send down he's the only two-way guy Just want to take this quick break, folks, to tell you about our friends at Waggle Golf. Don't forget to get your Waggle on today. The best damn golf apparel in the world. And yes, they ship internationally as well. If you want to look fly as hell in Canada, you can do so. Go check them out. GetYourWaggleOn.com. Check out the best golf shirts, half zips, hats, toques, beanies to you all in the United States. The whole nine yards, they have some of their regular items that are so popular year-round, as well as custom drops seemingly every couple months. So check them out on social media, and don't forget to visit their website, getyourwaggleon.com. You'll see me and Hoppy, we rep that stuff with pride. We love it. We don't just wear it. We don't just show it off because they're friends of us here on the podcast. We wear it because we love it. And we're not the biggest golfers out there. Look good, feel good, and if you're on the courses in the summer, play good. Get your waggle on dogcom. I I kind of wonder, I'm starting to wonder this, and this is actually this is a take that I as I sit here I'm just starting to kind of try to to come up with. So I wonder if the comments that Garen has made about not wanting to mortgage a bunch of prospects a bunch of picks to uh, to try to help that middle six. I wonder if this is where we just see a good old-fashioned hockey trade where he sends somebody off this roster that is not doing what the team would like to get somebody who maybe needs a change of scenery to come in and fill that spot. Jordan Greenwood. <laughs> talking about, yeah. Yeah, did, did, I, did I subtly hint at it enough? Did I stutter? Now, there's an interesting guy, too, though, because – I Everyone's pointing at Greenway, obviously. The comments are just delightful, I'm sure, in your world, Seth. But, <laughs> man, the the only reason that I'm afraid of this is because of, like, true shuffle in the locker room from a leadership perspective. But is Marcus Foligno the perfect guy that you could get a Ooh. boatload for this time of year from a contender, send him off? Because, again, we know that last year, that's a career year. That's not going to be repeated. It's, yeah, that's never going to happen. Is this the norm? No, this is probably the opposite end of the spectrum, but he's not getting any younger. He's playing a physical game. Again, the leadership qualities would really hurt to lose, especially when we basically are staring right in the face at Dumba being gone. Yep. But I mean, if you got the right return for a Marcus Felino, like that solves a couple of problems at once. And I, I got to think that the return would be decent if you found the right team. Some sort of scoring, somebody who can score. (laughs) And and here's the thing too, is you've, we've seen the Freddie Goudreau 
Jordan Greenway, Brandon Duhame line put together um, for six games now, I think it is. They haven't been scored on. And so if you're looking for a line to give you that defensive presence, those three have been able to do it. And it's not like they're lighting the world on fire offensively, but they're bringing some good things defensively. And so it's just, it's a numbers game at this point. You are going to have to send somebody off this roster if you hope to get somebody back in. And we're all in agreement. Hoppy, you just talked about it. Felino last year up here, his you know career average probably somewhere around here. But this year he's he's down somewhere around here. And so I think if you send him somewhere that needs a third line guy that can be physical in exchange for a younger player, that hey we would like to keep this guy, but we're in the midst of a playoff push. Maybe he ends up going uh, to said contender to, uh, to help them out Dude, at this point. Like, does, does he really have to be that much younger? Like if we're talking hockey trade, flip him for someone 29, 30 as well. If you can, who just can fucking score. Yeah, it, literally <laughs> like, and the point about the point about Beckman on that third line, I think we're at the same point with that third line or that second line wing as we have been with the first line center is you just need like a bare baseline performance yeah, in order to help those other two guys. You're not asking for, you don't need Nathan McKinnon out there because those guys have been able to do what they do in spite of whoever's been on that line. If you just get somebody that can just give you a little bit offensively, I think that line's going to take off. It's a big F, but yes. No, it's, it's 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 such a good point just because like we saw when Hartman played at that kind of base level fit in perfectly, let the boys do what they had to do. And that line was dominant, right? Career Sam's, year for him as well. But Sam Steele, Sam Steele, just enough for a handful of games. And now he's not playing. He Have played enough handful of games to get us quick. He he got us all excited and then broke our hearts. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like you, you you went on a few dates there. You all thought everything was going well, and you were ghosted. That's what it reminds me. No, of. No, My heart that, is broken. And it turns out uh, there's a little extra something in the pants that you didn't know about. Oh God! <laughs> going straight and Mac from Always Sunny. Uh. <laughs> the difference is Mac doesn't care. <laughs> 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 oh man all right hey, marriage talked- is a sin all right last uh position group that we haven't touched on been much better of late there's definitely still some sore spots but where are we at on this blue line well i wonder why it's looked better um can i just can i throw out there too over the last couple of games i thought dakota Murmus looked fine yeah. on that back end and so you get today injecting Alex Goligoski back in John Merrill back in they both turn the puck over that leads to goals for Columbus welcome back I we I feel like we as those that have covered the team have just screamed about this to no end and yet guys continue to play and I'll point out too I'll give Matt Dumba a compliment his simply looking for the puck today and simply just making plays based off of where the puck was at 
awareness, we like to call it, probably saved like three goals. So even Matt Dumba can show some signs of life, but I just, it it is frustrating because I think we're in that point between the youth and the old guard to where we have clamored for a lot of these young guys to get these spots. And yet the, the old guard continues to step in and play. And I, I don't know. I, I would like to see probably three new blue liners on this team come next year. Dumba so gone. You want to trade for Chikrin too. All right. I wouldn't be opposed to it. How how crazy it's going to look so different. When we don't have Goligoski and we don't have Matt Dumba and we got Brock Faber and Jacob Chikrin joining the wild. That's uh, going to be wild. That Not weird wild man. Talk about, <laughs> talk about solving your back end problems in one fail. Or I guess two fail swoops. Brock Faber's coming regardless. So that's fine. But yeah, I don't think that he's just up with the club next year, though. I think he'll get a good look when he comes up. You know, hopefully, praise be, off a off a natty. But he'll he'll get some looks this year. I do think that he's a guy that's gonna get sent down to Iowa unless he absolutely just dazzles us. And 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 that's it. And that's what um, you and Z were talking about in the last spoke Z episode. Z said that there's a real possibility that he goes full Charlie McAvoy and doesn't allow the wild to send him down because you're too good and i know charlie mcavoy was filling in for some injuries as well but it was because he got that opportunity that he showed the boston bruins that yeah this guy's he, he's too good to send down like age and you know development level aside it's like he's, i got you he is ready and z thinks, let's go to go down and and z truly thinks that brock faber could could be that he's like i, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets sent down it's whatever because that's the plan but he's like, he could impress so well that A, they need him for this playoff run if they make the playoffs. And B, maybe he dazzles so so much at the beginning of the season next year that they go, well, let, let's just roll with him. Um, and it, it's awesome to hear Z, who's you know the prospect expert, be that confident. Um, yeah, in a in a college defenseman who's coming, who's you know gonna be joining the wild this year. And and I feel like we're in a similar point that we are with second line wing, first line center back ends defensively, even just getting like baseline performance in throwing Dakota Mermis in there. Looks fine. They, yeah. they no, he need, no they issue with him at all. All you need is people to just be in their spots. You don't need somebody to light it up defensively. And yet the, the thing that really just drives me the most insane is the amount of time that particular players take behind the net trying to figure out where to pass and then consistently going to the wrong spot or throwing a pass up the ice and not seeing a forward from the other team or a defenseman from the other team step right in front and take it. Like, can we- I see, I see it coming out of the neutral zone too. I like, there's a few opportunities or there's a few times today, a few instances today where the wild won the puck battle in the neutral zone. And then just like blindly set it, like just sent it up. And it was like, you weren't, they, they weren't dumping it in. Like it was, they, they were meant, it was meant to hit a target, but that target was not there. That target was yeah. roaming around, you know, um, even Caprizov, there was a couple times and I, we can't really dog him for this game. Cause he saved the game for the wild today, but there were some opportunities where I'm like, who the fuck are you passing to? And then funny enough, he would actually go and retrieve it himself. So I'm like, all right, all right. Like, yeah. <laughs> but still okay. it, it's one, it's, it's something that it's funny. You bring that up. Cause it's something that I noticed today watching the game against Columbus as well. Yeah. It's just like, you just, this is a team that's not as able to 
glance off those mistakes as they were last year. We didn't talk about any of this stuff last year because they were scoring four goals a game. It didn't matter this year. They're not. And so all those little things are the things that we come back to in recapping games because that's the kind of stuff that they are doing that leads to losses. It just seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, and those listening, but this is an incomplete team and incomplete teams don't win championships. They, they may squeak into the playoffs because of the way that the division yeah. and, and then this conference is set up right now. But like we, we, the wild patched up some areas last year and it worked right. Hartman bless his soul. That was a patch job for that line. And it just worked. No, there was no, no water was leaking through that. It that is patch job okay right now too. Like he has looked better of late. Fair. But with the loss of the extra scoring with the defense, just wait, wait, how, being did, in how did the extra scoring get lost? I'm curious. Oh, there's this player that, uh, what's his name again? He's, he's doing pretty good with LA right now. No, I'll tell you how that scoring got lost is Bill Guerin won a trade. If you want the, if you want the reaction, the, the spicy reaction, that's all you got to say. Oh, dude. Oh. So many people now too, coming out of the woodwork, like Garen's done nothing good for this team. Oh like, my God. Like, prove, uh, prove that he's done something positive. And I think you look no further. If you just want an easy layup, while we're talking about the blue line, that Middleton trade is fucking brilliant. Yeah. If anyone can say something negative about his impact on the team for how little he's being paid. Like, please try. Did Capo Kakinen not just get called out by Sharks upper management for his performance recently? I mean, I feel bad for any goalie that has to play in San Jose. Though. <laughs> very, very fair, very fair. But yeah, that was that was the decision to give up Capo Kakinen. Turned into Jake Middleton, and as this season continues with Philip Gustafson, that Cam Talbot trade too. Dude, poor, poor Ottawa. <laughs> oh that, man, that's the nightmare scenario. You're like craving like dying you just need that franchise goaltender you make a trade and you think you've brought in cam talbot who's the solution he has his injury woes and you have to sit on the sideline and watch what phil gustafson has been doing yeah what sorry sense fans fucking senators dude they just can't catch a break they just cannot catch a break (laughs) but okay so we really didn't answer any questions throughout that (laughs) truthfully seth buy sell play broker or all of the above. Like what is the agenda this week for Bill Guerin? I still say bye again. It goes back to this is based off of what you have to deal with the next two seasons. This is going to be your best shot for the next two years, probably to do something in the postseason. Are you as good of a team as Boston right now? No. Are you as good as of a team as a handful of the other teams in the East, the devils, Don't the Rangers, me. No, but we've seen it play out before where the team that was expected to the wild have one of the best examples of doing it where you have a team that is widely expected to win a series or go deep and they can't do it. It all stems down to having a goalie that can potentially steal you a series. Philip Gustafson has rolled into a lot of tough arenas this year and has done pretty darn good. You have that. You have a special teams unit that is, I, I mean, I know the power play has been very up and down. Why? For <laughs> lack of scoring, lack of uh, somebody else to kind of help out 
that guy named Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, it'd be yeah, really what nice happened, if what I happened? had someone that could quarterback the power play. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, anyone can do that. You can throw Goligoski in and he can so, do it just fine. So did you guys see Dino's face after Addison assisted on that game-winning goal in OT today? I, he wasn't smiling. And I was like, come on, oh, coach. You did you, did, he, did was... he not punch Darby? <laughs> Darby's like, wait, is everything okay, man? <laughs> He, how, it, how do you think this is affecting Dino? Do you think he's torn? He's like, fuck, I feel like an idiot now, or he's going to stand by not putting in, a, putting Addison in a position for him to succeed and for this team to succeed as a result. He's he, It's the easiest scenario to play through as a coach, I feel like, because he can go back to and say, Kalen really took to heart what we were telling him. And his, him a lesson, yeah. his performance has improved. That's all we can ask of him. But it hasn't. It's the exact fucking it's, same. I love how like it didn't it didn't like yeah it, it didn't need to improve he was doing fine. Oh, you know, I don't let's uh, you know what I really don't like the two way game of Kaprizov right now. I'm gonna bench him for four games and he's gonna come back and he's gonna score a couple goals and I'm gonna say see told you. God I hope that happens. <laughs> I that oh my god dude that would be incredible. I, I do think a big thing too though the, to the the angle of buying at this deadline. People need to realize this is a fucking business. Like, do you know how much money Craig Leopold rakes in for having one playoff series, let alone mm-hmm. maybe an outside chance at two? I, I saw don't this. think that the while they're going to be in a spot to win around, but getting there and playing six or seven games of a series, that is valuable both in looking at some of these younger guys. Like, you still want to get that playoff experience for a Boldy, for an Addison, whatever, but also just bringing in some cash. Well, and let's let's play let's just play it out just for my process here. Let's say between now and the deadline, Dallas keeps losing. The Wild beat the Islanders and they beat Vancouver and all of a sudden they're in first place. How do you think that's going to go over if they and I understand there's two different ways this can go is hey, we tried to buy, prices were too expensive. But if just fair, yeah, they probably that's a, are. That's a legitimate point. But I don't think Craig Leopold's going to be super thrilled about a team that's in first place before the trade deadline. And if he goes up to Bill Guerin and Bill says, ah, we're not really cup contenders this year. I didn't feel like it was an opportunity for us to really make a run. I don't think that's going to go over super well. So That'd what be do you a really think, fun conversation to watch. What, what do you, so, so Seth, you're in the camp of them buying. What do they need to buy based on what's available? Like what, what do you think they could realistically land at the trade deadline? Second line wing, if you can find one. Give me a name. Like I, I keep like, going back, and I know it's not going to happen because Joe Smith and Michael Russo, the elite reporting that they do, but this just crushed my dreams, so I have to talk about it. Max Domi. <laughs> he, $3 million contract, could be a, a second line wing. Got a little speed to his game. He's that got a little fuck it. you to his game, too. He's got a little grit. He's got a little tie in him. <laughs> that would have been a target for me, but that's not – the Wild aren't going that route. Something like that. You don't have to go get – Patrick Kane's not coming here. That's not going to happen. Timo Meyer's off the table. Just the, – there hopefully will be a name that Bill Guerin has worked through that we haven't talked about yet. That you yeah, go have you guys get. talked about Brock Besser? I hear he's a Minnesota boy. You know, I 
I, I'm sorry, guys. This this is the first time that I have heard Brock Besser linked to Minnesota. So I like is this are you guys are you bullshitting me? Like, is this a real thing? Oh, it's uh, it's hilarious, dude. It's absolutely hilarious. And again, a lot of people and in fairness to them are making the argument right now. Like Fiala's gone. We need a winger, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, this this season, you actually have a little bit of an argument. But I still stand by that if he wasn't from this state, no one would be uttering his name like he's paid too much. He's scoring yeah. 10 goals this season. I know he's faced some adversity in the last few years. Injury. not going to hold on to salary cap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's just not going to happen. If, if he wasn't linked to Minnesota, based on this being his, his home state, like they're not talking about him. Right. I, and I think the thing that worries me the most is the production dip. Because then you bring a guy like that in, either it's going to rejuvenate him because Vancouver's been a mess this year. Yep. So it's either going to rejuvenate him or you're putting more pressure on him to be the guy that saves, saves this the team. team. Yeah. Yeah. And that could lead to him producing even less. 10 goals. Last time I checked 10 goals. <sighs> now, I mean, uh, to the like benefit too of why buy here's a tweet that just went up from uh, Dom uh, Lashizen, I think is roughly the pronunciation each. I want to see you try and in that, in that area. Um, that's what I would, that's what I would have said, but he just posted uh, a few minutes ago saying the East Timo Meyer, Bo Horvat, Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, Dmitry Orlov, and then the West. And under it, he has quote tweeted. I can confirm that the Avs are acquiring Jack Johnson from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, point being all the talents going out east if yeah. you can, you don't have to pick up a whale right but if you make like one or two savvy moves to improve yeah. the roster maybe you do end up having a chance to win one round based on who you end up matching up with i don't know it's it's very it's very interesting we still don't know what the timo meyer trade details are yet it's just absurd refresh how is i'm refreshing so, i still got nothing i i circle back to the wagon guys that you don't need we're we're just talking like baseline performance for that right wing spot is somebody that can just drive the offense and if you want to bring up one of those kids beckman walker to fill that spot yeah now guys here's a real question What are the odds that we see the trade release and the Minnesota Wild are part of it? Oh, dude! At this point, like I would, I would, I'd, I'd bet on that. Give me what, what? Give me some odds. I'll bet on that. Uh, it's gonna be so great if people are listening to this right now and they're like hate listening because, like, yes, that did in fact Fuck happen. You. We got a sixth round pick that way, Dad. No, you know, you know what's gonna happen. You know what's gonna happen just for the icing on the cake and the nail on the coffin. We're gonna facilitate on the cane trade. Oh, oh. for sure. That, yeah, that, that's a given. And then we'll have point. fans again being like, why didn't Bill just keep him instead of trading him <laughs> along? <laughs> it's like people forget that Judd Brackett does incredible work when he has an arsenal of picks to use. Well, and you're, you are gaining a draft pick for doing something that you don't, you aren't obligated to do. Yeah. And it's not costing you a thing other than salary cap space that you don't well, get this, to keep yeah. past this season. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's basically... You know, it's basically for free. 
Yeah. And it's not like that's hampering the Minnesota Wild from making a move. They still have a ton of cap space this year, right? Yeah, I think from – Russo tweeted it out. I think it was with Beckman sent back down, they've got like $11 million in yeah. cap space. And so you've got plenty to do. So, I mean, Bill Guerin's basically failing the team by not going out and acquiring Connor McDavid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But you know what? Like, in this conversation, I, I'm, I would – totally upon having this conversation I've, i'm kind of thinking now that i'd totally be okay with making a trade for whether it's acquiring more picks or or a hockey trade or just filling up or um filling out the roster with some of what's on the farm team even if it's one or two guys deal whatever it is whoever on the third line if we're talking fleeing over talking green or whatever where's marco maybe- rossi and then maybe bring up, like you said, a Walker, a Beckman or something, and just and maybe use them as the base versus even having to go out and, and pick up a guy. Because like I have the trade bait list up here, and it's like there's some big fish on the wing and forwards, but it's it's very defensive heavy to be to be perfectly Besides honest. Besides Kane, yeah. who? Uh, I mean, fucking James Van Riemsdyk. That's that doesn't do much for you, man. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's not like to knock him. Like, he is a good player still. But like, if that's the move you're gonna make and you're gonna give up like decent assets to do so, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of a middle six. Send a middle six player off to get a draft pick and bring up Beckman or Walker. Man, caveat is if it's cheap, like that's a different story. Like originally when some of the Kane stuff was coming out and people were like, "Why won't the Wild get him?" And then Russo says second round pick. I'm like, "Uh, okay, (laughs) I'll fucking do that, (laughs) right?" Like, I don't know what the ask is right now for JVR, but like, it better not be high if the wild end up doing it. It it won't be. It's Chuck Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like, I'm scrolling down here and there's, there's not much, man. There's not much. So at that point, like, I, I would call up someone who you're going to be playing probably quite a bit next year in Beckman anyways, knock on wood, like. Well, they, I mean, they, there are going to be plenty of spots, handful of spots that will be filled by those guys next year because limited funds, you've got a handful of people that you have to try to find a way to resign. Um, Gustafson, Addison, Duhame, those are probably your three biggest ones, but you still got guys beyond that. Yeah, Shaw and uh, Sam Steele, I'm sure that'll be a big one. <laughs> I love what Z on on uh, Judd's buds was just like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> <laughs> Spits in his bottle. Are you serious? <laughs> that has, uh, yeah, that took a turn. Yeah, man, it's it's been an interesting season to say the least. And I feel like you know Minnesota sports would like put you through a roller coaster, anyways. But this year in particular, because there were some there were some down, you know, there were some low points last year. But I feel like obviously there were more highs, and we we only really remember the positives until the whole Talbot situation went down. But the lack of offense, coupled with the lack of exciting wins, sucked well, a lot. Coupled of with the the terrible start of the season, yeah, right? Also, it that. was almost like it was cursed from the beginning. <laughs> Dude, multiple games now. There has been like a ten minute lull before the Wild got their first shot on net, followed by roaring applause. That tells you everything you need to know about how things have gone so far. Well, oh, at least first, I was there for one of them and I was on my feet. 
first multi-goal comeback win of the season against Columbus. What did they have last year? 40? Yeah. I don't know what the number was. was, I mean, it was a lot. It It felt high. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, and this isn't saying anything that our listeners and you guys don't already know, but, like, this team is just, they're a few pieces away from really competing, man. And, I like, I just, there's no magic like there was last year that kind of made up for some of those. Like I said, the, the 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 players who were patching holes over delivered at times, whereas this year it's like there's there's too many leaks, there's too many leaks and they're drowning. Yeah. It comes down to a lot of just individual effort. If players are grinding, if they're put, doing what they need to do, then they have found a way to win games this year. But if guys come out flat and they're there isn't a lot of jump. A lot of times they end up behind by two goals and that's almost impossible to come back from. Yeah. I I still don't think the wild are like an easy team to play against. I still think they're actually like a tougher team to play against because they're they're, There's depth as far as two way play up and down the, up and down the roster. Funny enough for the, for the offensive group these days, more than the defensive group, but I digress. You're almost guaranteed to score the first two goals. You're almost guaranteed to be in the lead. Most of the game in the wild are usually playing catch up. But at the end of the day, you know, you're probably going to outscore the wild that that's their biggest weakness right now. And yeah, man, I just, I don't know. They're again, I don't think they're easy team to play against, but they're not as daunting as they were last year. As you know, you were expecting at least four goals coming from, from this team up and down the lineup. How frustrated do you think the Kings were the other night in that game in which they ended up losing because they had basically everything they wanted shots wise. They just could not until the last minute could not get anything to go. Yeah, so shut the fuck up, everybody, about Fiala. You couldn't even help the Kings go the other <laughs> night. Jeez. <laughs> like, come on. This guy's a plug. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. All right, so you said it already. Defense is very available. Talk me out of Chicken to the Wild. Talk me out of that being a good idea. I don't know if I can because he's what, 20? Is he 26? If that, I think he's, he's, younger. he's 25, I think he's, I think 24. He's 24, maybe. Well, so then you are adding to what is already a really strong uh, top four. 24, yeah. Jeez. Uh, he's, a nine, he's a 98. Yeah, he's still a baby. So then your top four is Spurgeon, Middleton, Brodeen, Chikrin. Uh, you actually probably end up having Middleton go down to the third pairing, which gives you way more depth yep. just because they're all left side. It's you'd probably have Chikrin with Spurgeon, Brodeen with don't know, and then Middleton. <laughs> Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> but no, it would be it would be, I think, a move that then you're making for the long term. And yeah, it means oh, yeah. you're gonna have to um you're gonna have to make some sacrifices offensively to offset it but, but he's not that expensive that's the thing like isn't his contract like half well, of what dumbas is right now or like two million yeah. left he's not expensive from a cap perspective he's expensive from what it costs to acquire which is really yeah. the only negative of course uh but i don't know man with where the team is at with how stocked the cupboard is with prospects and getting a sure thing when bill garen very much has the agenda to try and win even with the buyouts being what they are you can get this elite tier of player on a $4 million contract for the next two years, which, oh, 
just so happens to be how long we're in this quote unquote cap hell sounds pretty fucking ideal. Well, and flip side of the coin is if you're going to be struggling offensively, it makes sense then to shore up your defense and goaltending as much as you can so that you're allowing less goals. No, absolutely. And And I think he contributes to the offense quite a bit too. Yeah. Is it like 28, 29 points this year or something like that? No, totally. Um, What what do you think would be ballpark area, the value that has to go out to acquire him? Like, are we talking like a Carson Lambos, a first round pick and like roster players say Felino, Goudreau, whatever. Like, I think, I think one more prospect probably. Okay. I think Lambos this year's first and then another like solid, but not like a tier prospect. Okay. And then some roster player because Arizona needs call to it, hit the call cap, Hunt, needs to hit the cap floor. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yes, oh, wait, didn't they, did, us giving them something for, yeah, the cap. Didn't they just acquire Weber's contract? So they're there. They're at the floor. <laughs> Yeah, he got added to the uh, <laughs> the elite group. I don't know if you guys saw that. So, like, all of the people that have had their jerseys retired, like, or not jerseys, sorry, but the people that have been sent there just for cap purposes. I, I have been saying now for about a year and a half that they absolutely need to hang banners, have a ceremony for them, and just have it be for the duration of being at Mold Arena. Like, play off the joke. Make fun of yourself, and people will love it. I would... I would like prioritize getting down there for the Datsuk ceremony. I would. Dude, if they if they could somehow just bring Datsuk t- to that event, be like Datsuk, you don't have. You're gonna get the players to. Be involved. You, you never have. You never have to come back to the states again after this. But do us this one thing. Here's some cash under the table. So you have you have the AFC finalist banner in Indy, um, <laughs> but then for this one, all you say at the bottom is checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, oh, then you got like. So there, someone made the post and like basically had all of the players like heads in there. It was like Datsuk, Hosa, Weber, Pronger. And I think there's one other one that I'm missing. But then Chris Pronger retweets it or quote tweets it and says, yeah, hopefully he'll be willing to join us on the annual golf trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love it. But OK, yeah, I mean. I can understand if people don't want to give up the hall to acquire a chicken, but honestly, like if he is open to coming here and we think that we can sell him on staying after the deal expires, I, I really do think that he is so worth what that cost would be. Absolutely. And the wild are rich with defensive prospects anyways. And we've talked about this on this show. Um, shit. Even Seth's talked about it on his show. Like not every uh, defensive rookie or defensive prospect is going to make the a, the NHL or have room to make the wilds roster. If theoretically they all do pop. So mm-hmm. you and, are playing with some capital here that you can use that aren't just draft picks, right? Just draft picks straight up. If Addison was somehow included in the package back, that would be the fastest purchase in my lifetime of <laughs> buying a Jersey. Oh yes. So goddamn quick. Dude, can you imagine Ka- him, him Kachina. and Cooley on the power play together? Just electric factory. Dude. Oh my god! When Addison's running the power play with Cooley Matthews in front of him, oh nice. And oh my god, he's going to be like an eighty-point player. God, I love it. Anyway. People, people still don't think that Matthews is going there. Like, I think it, it is a written. Like, it's it's gonna happen. Well, yeah, because they're gonna give him like sixteen mil. Yeah, oh, we've, yeah. we've they're talked gonna think about the franchise, but that's okay because they'll sell tickets. 
Was that here that we talked about? You just you make an offer that is so far out there that it makes him look like an idiot to turn it down. Oh yeah, I think he wants to be there too. To be yeah, that's the thing, and it's like you've played, you know, what people call the mecca of hockey. I still think Montreal's probably should have that title over Toronto, but you know what I mean. He's playing in the biggest NHL market, and he has been, you know, since he was a rookie. Whether he wins or not, like. He's at his time there. I don't think he wants to re-up as a Maple Leaf and go through all this shit again. Now he's handled it amazingly. Yeah. Like there, there ha- like there's been more stories that have popped out in the in the last few years of you know Marner getting down because the fans are super hard on him and things like that. And yeah, he's the hometown kid. I get it. But yeah. Matthews, like there hasn't really been any shade for you know towards him, and there hasn't really been any shade coming from him towards the community. I still don't think he'll probably want to re-up there. Uh, and I think at this point, he's like, whatever. Like, I've played at the highest level. We've had our you know, the highest level in the biggest franchise. We've had our runs. If someone's going to throw 60... round. We've had our first some, round exits. Yeah, yeah. If someone's, <laughs> someone's going to throw that much money at me, like, it's not that he doesn't want to compete anymore. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, that phase, like, it's not like he, he's working to get on a Stanley Cup team. He's been on a Stanley Cup team. Maybe now it's time to just have some fun and just rake in that money. Hear me out, though, boys. So, I mean, Matthews and Marner, they're good buddies, right? They've played in one of their hometowns for a while now. Seems only fair that they'd leave together and oh, both play in the other God. one's hometown. I would love nothing I mean, more I, to see it, that. Hey, Mostly just like, it's just Toronto watch, crumbling. Watch them win a cup there, too. Oh, dude, you're... Toronto would erupt. Mullet Arena would. My desk just, just rose a fucking two feet, boys. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Let's go. Uh, Let's keep talking about how uh, Toronto players are going to defect and win cups right, elsewhere. Yeah, we're, we're, we're more. Off um, the, the Where's other, the lube, Joe? The the only other name that I definitely want to hit on, which we can obviously open it up to other players that you guys see, but I need absolutely need Eric Carlson to go to a contender. He is playing so goddamn well right now and it's all wasted well here's the funny I have thing a too um ken holland's sitting on his hands right now and i know there's a lot of maneuvering you'd have to do but that'd be pretty lethal to get him there oh my goodness can vegas somehow swing it <laughs> They can always swing something. That's the because I feel like that is a textbook Vegas deadline move. Like, let's just keep mortgaging. They lost out on Meyer, unless that's a smoke screen, which I still have yet to confirm. Dude, I I have a weird feeling that we have a there's a better chance of him going to Vegas than Edmonton, even though Edmonton is probably the the best spot. I I don't know. I feel I feel I have a weird feeling that it's Vegas and they're gonna. Because it's just typical Vegas. No, okay. Yeah, we lost it on Meyer. Let's go. Let's go after the, the the next biggest fish. And you know they 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 could always use some offense. You like that Tim and Friends show, right, Isha? Oh yeah, yeah. They have unofficial trade alert with a graphic <laughs> for uh, Timo Meyer, and it says Timo Meyer and Scott Harrington, which is like what's already been said. And then the return is not Dawson Mercer question mark not. Simon Nemich question mark That's maybe funny. 2023 first round pick question mark San Jose retains 50% salary question mark that is that. hilarious Tim's good shit they used to be the Tim and Sid also, show if that's if that's the trade well fucking dumb <laughs> San Jose holy shit 
Oh my god. Wow. Um what else should we get into here, boys? We've covered that's, that's a lot it. of you guys don't have any other speculation? Just like, yeah, it'd be cool if he goes to Edmonton, move on. I think I, I think it's either I I didn't say it would be cool. I think it's Vegas. It feels like you asked if it's possible. You didn't say I think it is. I think it's Vegas. <laughs> it does feel like Vegas has some bit of that like laying in the weeds and just pouncing on something this year. It would solidify them as the second best team in the West and give them the best chance to take down a Colorado if they meet in the West. Yeah, I think so. I would agree with your take. Yeah. They're, 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 they're one killer away from being able to compete against them. I think like you're actively talking yourself into like believing what he's just saying. I mean, people (laughs) tend to have to do that, but that's okay. (laughs) This is so great. It's literally on the fucking Sportsnet website. They have <laughs> the, that the Devils acquire Timo Meyer and that the Sharks acquire TBD. And there's already been another trade since that where <laughs> Chicago acquires Jack Johnson for Andreas England. So it's like, oh my God. How, how can you have it listed as a trade if you don't actually have all of the details? So what yeah. would be holding it up? Physic a physical for one of the prospects or or like, Vegas just sniping people from the crow's nest frantically trying to get their money in order. Where's Joe Pesci hard. when you need him? <laughs> um, some, some, I mean, uh, while well, you guys think of other players we want to talk about, it is worth noting that there's been a handful of trades made here recently. Um, Wild have again gotten involved as a broker for a deal. We've got Orlov and Hathaway going to the Boston Bruins. Um, can anyone stop them? No. I mean, if your goalie is – their goalie is better in five – no, I'm not going to make that joke. Um, But goalie goals are sweet. So, yeah, I, I think by being the team to have the first goalie goal of the year that you just have to be the one that wins the cup. They should have already awarded it. Fair. <laughs> All I'm saying. Isha, you picked up uh, Kravtsov. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, s- solid. He's a young player. Hasn't popped yet. Was he ninth overall in- when he was drafted? And it's pretty much the Russian invasion now in Vancouver on their lineup because they're just acquiring them left, right, and center. And honestly, it's it's probably good. Maybe, maybe this will actually help him. He gets to go there, play with you know some of the other Big Russian players on the team, maybe feels a little bit more comfortable there. It's weird that Russian players seem to, most of them anyways, other than Nikita Triamkin, who was very vocal about how he didn't like the weed smell that was circulated Uh everywhere in the city, and that's one of the reasons why he didn't want to stay. But I digress. Other than that, all the other non-lame Russians uh, who play hockey in the National Hockey League seem to love Vancouver. And so I think it's a a positive... It's it's a pause. Yeah, New York. It's a it's a positive for the team. They're not giving up too much. I mean, William Lockwood. He was a he was a really good. I think he played for Michigan actually. Um, he was he was solid in college and a seventh round pick. William Lockwood was never going to make the team. He was he was an Abbotsford kind of player. He was an AHL player. Um, I don't even think he'll he'll be a full time NHL player anywhere. Maybe one of those who gets called up every now and then. You know, tweener at at best. And to get a pick who is not really going to get minutes with the Rangers. They're kind of giving up on him now. This is his first team, you know, that 
since the team that drafted him where he's going to be able to get his first like second chance. I, I think it's a, it's a positive for Vancouver. Do I think he's like, his season's going to be salvaged this year? No, but I think it'll be good for when Vancouver recuperates for next season, having a player like this, this will be good for their camp. Seth, so let's, let's hear, uh, we got another former wild player on the move. Nino Niederreiter goes from the Nashville Predators to the Winnipeg Jets, which also, what a fucking crazy sequence of events that Poyle has done. He has announced that he is officially stepping down June 30th to be replaced by Barry Trotz. What the fuck? We were Rap just wondering, like, where, where is Barry Trotz going to go next? Oh, management? Okay. Yeah, wrap your head around that to start. Um, did, did Barry Trotz make this trade too, do you think? <laughs> just some puppeteer work? We can't rule it out. We can't rule it out as happening. But look, Winnipeg needs goal scorers. <laughs> they have one line that works, and that's about it. And so Nino is just a steadying presence. Now, they have not won since uh, acquiring him. And so it, it's not – I think it speaks to more I of – fired him yesterday. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to use it as many times as I can. <laughs> the Jets are over since acquiring uh, Nino Nino. In case you guys didn't know, actually, the New Jersey Devils have not won since acquiring Timo Meyer. It's crazy. Minnesota Wild have not lost in regulation since acquiring Ryan O'Reilly. Seth, I got to imagine you place him at the top of the Mount Rushmore of centers in Minnesota Wild history, right? Hard to not. Do you name the Mount Rushmore after him and then put him on it? Ooh. <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly of Wild Mount, Mount Horton. <laughs> I mean, Ryan O'Reilly, Victor Rask. Um, good pull. Good pull. Matt Boldy. Who else am I missing? That, that's the one that'll irk people the most. He should who, be. <laughs> who else am I missing? Um, I mean, Sam Steele had a run for like two or three games that... He did. Could have put him on there. I mean, X making a statement. I would say Eck, by nature of equity, is moving up the board. There was a joke in there, and it's hurting my brain that I haven't come up with it yet. <laughs> equity. No, that was, that was not my best. <laughs> oh, man. All right. But, yes, yeah, so... Again, not a crazy acquisition, but certainly matters for the Winnipeg Jets. It will help them. Yeah, it'll yep. help them with scoring for sure. And it, the price wasn't all that exorbitant either. No. Second and round pick. The, the one that really surprises me here, guys, maybe I'm like taking crazy pills and I haven't kept up enough on this, but Dallas Stars acquire Evgeny Dadnov from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for forward Denis Gryanov. Am I like out my tree here thinking that this is a like a steal for Montreal? Um yeah. <laughs> it feels I, like one of those classic like Dallas we have to do something and Gryanov hasn't had the best season this year and Sure. Just feels in my estimation that they cut bait a little too early. Yeah. Hard to say. I don't know. I think I think Marty St. Louis is licking his chops right now. 
<laughs> I think he'll fix the bastard. If anybody can, it'll be him. Um, Tampa Bay, it looks like, is going to get involved or at least is involved in a couple of things. Um, I thought they were getting Hathaway, which it's probably best for the world that they did not. Tanner Janelle. I don't think I pronounced that right. Is he on the move? Uh, Fridge, Elliot Friedman. Uh, Tampa Bay has made a pitch. Oh, if they pick up Janelle, I fucking quit. <laughs> well, that and that's like the quintessential Tampa Bay Lightning move is how do they keep doing it with no cap space? And they just they continue to find a way because they just continue to view each season in kind of a vacuum. Yeah, Man, that's... I can't believe they're doing it without Stevie Y. He laid the framework. He hasn't been there for any of their cups. <laughs> he, he he deserves a ring for the first one. Let's be honest. Deserves he, a wing, he, uh, he, a wing, a ring for his efforts. We're giving out participation rings now. Nice. I take he, a wing. He built, he built the fucking house. All right, dude. That's for sure what I would do if I won the cup. By the way, I would just have a bunch of buffalo wings, just overflowing with ranch dressing. Here we fucking go. I would fill it with buffalo tater tots a thousand percent. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, Isha, your team, uh, we're going to call them now, the Vegas Golden Knights. They acquire Ivan Barbashev from the Blues. What what do we think about that? Good move for them. Good move for them. The Blues are selling off. He'll be uh, a a good depth piece who can play in the top six when needed, if they're facing injuries or hell, if he finds chemistry with another player there. Um, yeah. I mean, I expected Vegas to start to get busy this week and then they'll probably still be busy on the deadline. Um, they're, they're loading up because they like you said, they have an opportunity to be one of the best teams or they are one of the best teams, but like solidify like dominant teams in the West down the stretch and going into the playoffs. And basically I think their agenda right now is, continue to construct this team and, and gain um, good players so that we can compete against the Avs if we meet them in the playoffs. And I think that's, that is their goal right now. They know that they're making it. They're running the Pacific. It's, we need to have the troops and we need to have depth um, in case there's injury that, so that when we play the Avs, cause I don't think it's, if I do think it's when they play the Avs that they're ready to, to take them out. So I like the trade. The return for Meyer just, Oh, Went through. oh, baby. Let's hear it. 2023 first and Zetterland look to be part of the devil's return for Meyer. That's not the four turn. It's just look to be part. Answer. God damn it. Seth. You <laughs> asshole. Oh, my God. Had to try. Uh, I mean, it's something. It's something. It's part. It's something. Yeah, it's part of the equation. But oh, and so as Isha talks about people trying to keep pace with the avalanche in the West, the Avalanche are just like voluntarily helping everyone keep pace. They have, as we already mentioned, moved Andreas England to bring back Mr. Bubble Toes, Jack Johnson for, uh, can you imagine that guy winning back-to-back cups? Oh my goodness. What kind of world would this be? I just can't believe it. I, I just bad. can't believe he's still in the league, let alone winning cups. Right. And he played what? He played thirteen games in the playoffs for them last year. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's real quick then, because um, it doesn't sound like there's anyone else that anyone's too excited about, as far as like big name players that are out there. 
what are the teams now that we've seen what some of these other teams have done? Like, what are the teams you're watching? Because you're like, they're going to fucking do something besides mm-hmm. Vegas, who we all know will make some kind of big splash. I wonder about the, um, I'm going to put the Kings out there. I was just going to say, cause they've, they've been, they've been in talks. They've been trying to acquire players. How have yeah. they not, finalized a deal to bring Chikrin in. Like that is the team that needs him more than anyone. Well, yeah. and when Chikrin hasn't played in what 15 games because of trade reflection dude, or whatever they're dude, calling it. But trade related reasons. Dude, watch them do this and then him still not get moved by the deadline. If I were him, I'd be like, Ooh. fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, lucky for the Kings though, like we said uh, earlier in the show, there's a lot of defensemen available as trade bait so like even if they miss out on the big fish like they're gonna bring in some defense so they are gonna get better going into the the playoffs and so they're in the names i just closed the tab they're in the they're in the position too where defense is the easier one to acquire than offense so they there's have, more of them right now for sure yeah they they should have their pick so yeah chicken's the big fish um <laughs> Goss despair. I don't know how much that's going to help them, but yeah, 29 points. He's 29 points on the season. Uh, the tsunami himself <laughs> from the West Coast, Carson Soucy. That's an interesting mm. one. In fact, if the Wild could acquire him, that would go a. Dude, the fans would way. love it. Love that. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been good. good. He's had yeah. more responsibility. And that's a guy that you now have the versatility to kind of play him up and down the pairings as needed, whether it's due to injury, people not playing up the snuff. But that's a guy you feel pretty confident, like slapping with a Kalen Addison and being like, okay, we're we're okay here. I remember two years ago, that third line pairing for the Wild were like, holy shit, these guys are like actually good. And he was a huge part of that. Yep. That's um, right. It was him and uh, scumbag Ian Cole. Speaking Hence of why uh, I only named one of them. <laughs> well, speaking of a recent Stanley Cup winner himself, Luke Shen. <laughs> I think he's too expensive, though, if you're not actually going for a run. <laughs> he is really good. Like, I think he's a great fit for anyone that thinks that they're going to do anything in the playoffs. That's a guy I, I've heard rumors. I don't know how substantiated they are, but. Him going to Toronto would be really interesting. That would be poetic. Does poetic yeah. mean Isha would cry? Well, I mean, just given that was where he started his career. <laughs> Why is that poetic? You know what poems are? Full, full circle. It, There's it, typically going to be rhymes throughout. I can make some rhymes for this. Be uplifting. Tells a story. Tells a story. <laughs> Makes you feel some kind of way. Dude, I honestly thought Luke Shen was like gonna be done like with hockey. Like I thought like he was just on the outs. He had such like and he even played in the AHL, comes back, wins a cup with Tampa, and actually has played very well for the Vancouver Canucks. And I know their defense is disgusting. It's so bad. But hey, Luke Shen, that's uh that is the <laughs> digest this, folks. Luke Shen is the best player that Quinn Hughes has played with in the National Hockey League thus far as a defensive partner. Could you imagine? And everyone's like, oh, Quinn Hughes, do you think he's do you think he's plateaued? Is this is this what he is? Is he he's wow. not that good? Well, it's like, guys, he's Tana never played, played, he's never played with an actual top defensive partner. Again, Luke Shen, his story has been awesome and he's been able to revitalize his career a little bit with Vancouver. 
and he's and he's more than just the guy who's playing with Quinn Hughes. Like he's actually been a really good stay at home def- defenseman. But like, man, it's crazy that people are critical of Quinn Hughes at this stage when he has not. Like, oh, and again, like I will concede. You know, all all jokes aside, Kale McCarr is the better defenseman. There was an argument when they both came into the league. Let's be honest, Kale McCarr surpassed now. But having said I that, think Hughes should have gotten the Rookie of the Year though. I agree, no bias whatsoever. But look at the team that Kale McCarr came to play with. Like, no shit, he's looked as good as he's as he had or as he's had. But like Quinn Hughes, oh my god, it's just it just sucks. But anyways, I digress. Luke Shen's another option. Um, this is interesting from Frank Cervalli. Um, to set the table for Timo Meyer, the Sharks turned down some big offers in recent days. Team one, first round pick, second round pick, top prospect. Team two, first round pick, recent first round pick, mid-tier prospect. Both teams had other asks, cap or roster considerations, but this will be sizable. Hmm. Sizable. Teasing us further. And it's funny, everyone's listening this on Monday, just laughing. Yeah, everybody will know what it is. You know what's funny is we still don't know by tomorrow night. That would be hilarious. It just People drags on in the morning. Friday. You're like, God damn it. <laughs> listening to it later in the day. What the fuck, boys? I'm telling you, Pittsburgh's going to cuck them again. Oh. They did it with a Ginla. Why not do it with Meyer? Yeah, you can dream. You can keep dreaming, buddy. It's not really a dream. I don't care. <laughs> um, What else? What else do we have on the dock here before we wrap things up, boys? I just wanted to drag this out long enough that we'd know what the Meyer deal is. <laughs> We're getting left at the altar. I know. I know. Well, we'll just have to bring Seth back on soon to talk about it. There you go. Win-win. I ain't got no plans. There you go. There you go. Um, I mean, yes, you do though, Seth. I mean, maybe you should just go ahead and pump your own tires here for a second. We'll sit back. There you go. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Since this will be released on monday everyone will know um locked on wild is doing a name madness tournament the best names in minnesota wild history several very good options that will be playing out here throughout the month of march we'll have the full bracket reveal coming uh, later today and we did this i think last year and it kind of ran out of steam just because there was really no set standard as to what it was. It's best names. So best of luck to Terry Numelin for uh, picking up the win. That's right, baby. I was just to say, if Bugard doesn't win, y'all are crazy, man. (laughs) For best name? Dude, Bugard is one of... There's so many better names. (laughs) What? No. He's my he's if, my pick. Let's go. I'd have to pick. look. I don't know if he's even on the bracket. Bugard, dude. The boogeyman Bugard. Are you kidding me? So wait, are we going with his nickname or are we going with his name? It's even his, his last name. name. His last name. He's I I tried to keep it from common names, and so I think I dinged him for Derek. Jesus Christ. Well, you've got to you've got to make room for the Lubomir Sekaroses of the world. Dude, Terry's That's like the most common one. name ever. Rita, come <laughs> on now. Do you know anyone named Muhammad? No. Do you know anyone named McLovin? No. That's right. That's why you picked a dumb fucking fairy tale name. You. Fuck. <laughs> I watched that movie the other day. It's so good. Oh man. Oh, that was good. Uh, 
if, if Muhammad doesn't win the bracket, I, I quit. Oh, it's hey, most guys. common name ever. Um, so, you know, you know, the wild have had a few Muhammads on the team. My friend Terry's <laughs> calling. I got to take this. Hey. <laughs> Best Let of luck to uh, future lightning player Tanner Janelle to uh, help turn it around. Dude, that's so scary. <laughs> Poor Toronto. Poor <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> I know you hate amazing. Amisha, but you, even you have to be like, God damn, they just. They, they no. never stood a chance. No, That's it's, what, if anything, um, this is my this is my dream. This is heaven on earth, baby. He should get of... excited about Canucks trades. He jerks off the Tampa trades. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if it means the it... Leafs are gonna fall in this first round again, let's go, baby. I've said it many times. I, I would be okay if the Canucks never won a Stanley Cup in my lifetime. If I never saw the Leafs also, you know, win a Stanley Cup in my lifetime. If the Leafs don't win, I'm good. I'm happy. I've lived a good life. Such a, a fulfilled life to happy life. Or don't you guys feel the same way about the Packers? Like, why are you guys shaking your head? I've won. No, yeah, like, I've already seen Oh, yeah, I guess you've already seen the You pain. can even say Chicago, too. I've already seen it. Yeah. All right, well. St. Louis. I guess I I'm the lucky. I guess Chicago I'm the lucky one. Celebrating one of those cup wins. That was gross. Somebody on Wild Facebook two hours ago. Why do you still is read Dean, that stuff? Is Dean punching his assistants a tradition I didn't know about? Yes, it is a tradition you didn't know Accurate. about. Like, <laughs> you should no, you should reply like, "Yo, am I am I the only one that's just finding out that they play shout after goals?" I'd be like, "Who the <laughs> hell is Dean Evason?" <laughs> oh my god! All right, Seth. Well, other Holy than the bracket, shit, did you guys know that the Wild's logo is a bear. What the hell are the Minnesota Wild? <laughs> Um, so other than the bracket, what else do you got coming up, Seth, before we wrap this puppy up? Uh, we're going to get, uh, the fellas, the, the whole crew, Micheletti, Zach, and, uh, the rest of the bunch together for a little trade deadline primer, probably Wednesday, but beyond that, just continuing to, uh, continuing to cheer on our e- inevitable first place in the central division, Minnesota wild. I hope I didn't jinx it by saying that I'm going to just keep talking until I knock on my desk. Okay. We're set. Um, yeah, just continuing to cheer on the, uh, the guys in green and, uh, hope that, uh, hope that Bill Guerin has something in the works that we aren't aware of. He always does. He always does. And Billy, we trust baby. We are the Billy goats. Aren't we? Go get Ovechkin. Oh, good. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Seth. You just opened up a whole other can of worms here. No, man, it's 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 awesome having you on the podcast. I know it's been a little while. Uh, let's make sure that the gap is uh, is a lot smaller this time between uh, appearances. My schedule is usually pretty open um, when the Wild aren't playing. So, yeah, just, uh, just let me know. I'm happy to come back on any time except awesome, after man. a loss. <laughs> we appreciate it guys go check out again Seth's work if you haven't already locked on wild appreciate it, buddy we'll see you soon fellas your legends thanks as always do you like supporting local local business local hockey local legends you like vodka martinis screwdrivers bloody marys white russians 
whatever you can find. I'm more of a vodka fresca guy myself. If you nodded yes to any of those, look no further than Northland Vodka, giving 5% back to local hockey and, of course, the recipe that was masterfully crafted by local legend himself, Mark Parrish. Everyone get out there right now. Support Northland Vodka. Run, don't walk. All right, again, big shout out to Seth who joined us. Like Hobby said before that segment, far too long, far too long since we had Seth on the show, and it was nice to catch up with him again. We wrapped up the dabbler in the first second or first segment. Hoppy got to talk some NHL and hockey with Seth. Anything else we need to get into before we wrap this up? Don't believe so. Now we got a lot of fun stuff coming, folks. Again, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We got pretty much daily video clips and original content dropping every single day original content pieces dropping every week really spicing up the youtube channel so if you support the podcast check out the youtube channel as well i mean z's been stealing the show everyone everyone loves that guy putting his hands through his hair if that's something that <laughs> that's something that gets you pumped as well check out the youtube i love how like half the comments on his videos are like z <laughs> why are you touching your hair <laughs> fucking love I just you, don't z. get it but yeah, anyone that hasn't already, check out the Big Beer Week promos. Uh, yes. It can be a hell of a party. Definitely worth checking out if, uh, of course, it's not too far out of the way for you to get out to Big Lake. But um, just great people. Great event. Great beer. What else do you need? Back-to-back events, man. Beer Dabbler, Big Beer Week. Whew. I mean, we got we got a little gap in between the two, thankfully. <laughs> Yeah, we got a little gap in between, and I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to stay dry between that gap <laughs> after the weekend that we've had. <laughs> there we go. Oh, man. Thank you all for listening again. Uh, if you haven't already, drop a review on Apple Podcasts. If you listen there, the best thing you can do for us this week, any week, is five stars, kind review, or, or just anything. Let, let us know your favorite beer and why you love the Beer Dabbler if you're just leaving us a review here today. And with that... Thank you to everyone who put on such an amazing event. Beer Dabble, thank you to Seth signing off. I'm Isha Jerome alongside the State of Hoppy. This has been the Soda Pod presented by Better Edge, 7th Avenue Pizza, Northland Vodka, and Waggle Golf. We good, man? We good. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.